0: is good yeah hallelujah oh thank you lord thank you lord come on just let's just receive from him for a moment right here holy spirit we just prepare our hearts prepare our hearts to receive from you lord let your word drop down in our hearts let your word be awakened within us no sleeping during the sermon. Hallelujah. Quicken us, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding, Father. Come on, welcome the love revival. Lord, we welcome the love revival. Oh, we say more love. We say more love. 3 of us say more love. 10 of us said more love. 25 of us said it. I heard you. Yeah. More of your love, Lord. We can't get enough. Saturate us, Lord. Saturate us, Lord. I put on my cologne this morning. Two squirts. Can you smell it? I hope you're smelling my cologne. I only have like one favorite brand and one favorite bottle. Uh, at least at this time. Actually, there are a few others that smell good, but I only have one at the time. I think it's Polo Sports, something like that. So wonderful. So fragrant. For a while, my nose was not working well. I couldn't smell my own smell. But now that my nose is working better, whew, I like it. Two squirts of Polo Sport and I'm like head over heels in love with myself. Whew. It's delicious. Hmm. Hello. Hello. Mm. There's another one I like. Grey flannel. You ever smelled gray flannel? Whew. It's good. It's beautiful. Gray flannel. You ever had that? You're wearing it today, I know. We're talking about we're talking about you know, living in some, such a way that we're that we're attractive to God. We're talking about living in such a way that that we're irresistible to the Lord. Yeah, remember when Brian was here? He talked about he talked about the king pursuing the Shulamite. He talked about the heavenly romance and the the mystery of that heavenly love. And he talked about you know at, at one point she wasn't ready for that. She wasn't ready for the deeper relationship and 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 so you know she she pushed back a bit have you ever done that to the lord sometimes i think we push back a little bit we're not sure about that but then her heart was warmed and she began to run where is my love where is my love and that's the heart we want we want a heart that is running after him. We want a heart that that is pursuing him. We want a heart that yearns for him. We want, we want a lifestyle that that is fragrant. We want a lifestyle that produces this aroma that draws him near. Amen. Holy Spirit, we want that. Do you want that? Let's just give him a holy yes this morning. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, we want you, and we, we pursue you, and we activate, we stir up, we cultivate our heart to pursue you, to yearn for you, to run after you, to desire you. Lord, we ask you to show us the aspects. Today's the last in this series, by the way, I think. so you know we've been this is our fourth week on this topic this is not exhaustive there's so many cool things we can do the word is full of of cool things that we can do that 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 indicate to him that show him that our heart is for him that that release heaven word an actual incense offering that draws him to remember us and to draw near to us and that's what we want in our life amen we don't want to be just religious people. We want to be alive with love. We want to be quickened with love. Amen. Genesis eight verse thirteen. Is that the one I wanted? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's good. Genesis eight thirteen. Now it came about in the 600th and the first year, in the first month, on the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and wives, and bring out every living thing, all flesh that's with you, birds and animals, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by their families from the ark. And verse 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. You know, I love the way the Holy Spirit works. I did not tell Jasmine what song to sing this morning. You would be absolutely astounded how much we don't orchestrate our services, but the Holy Spirit does. If you knew, and maybe sometimes, and maybe you don't notice, maybe you don't care, but sometimes you probably leave thinking, hey, that was pretty coolly orchestrated. They must have had staff meeting for a month to figure that out. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's so good. Come on. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal, of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Now, what I want you to get, and we've been hovering on this thought, is that there's things you do in the spirit realm. There's things you do as a believer. There's things you do in God that actually produce a soothing aroma. There's things that, that we do that actually is like incense offered up before Him, it catches, it captures His attention and he wants to be caught up. He wants to be captivated. He wants he wants a mutuality in the relationship. We know that he's in love with us. We talk about how in love he is with us, and we're so glad that he's in love with us, but he literally goes crazy when we reciprocate that love, when we give him symbol and sign, when we indicate that we too are enraptured with him, that we are caught up with him, that we can't get enough of him, that we yearn for him and that we embrace or we clothe or we put on certain behavior, dimensions, activity, speech, or things that, that indicate to him that we are in love with him. Amen. altars are are markers, marker stones he built an altar I, I love this I was looking for I was looking for in the scripture you know kind of the caveat of God told him to build an altar. I was looking for that, but it, it isn 't there, and I kind of love those passages where I kind of love those passages where god didn 't tell them to do something and they did it. They did it because they wanted to do it I, I love that last week we talked about that i, I 've just been lingering on some of that where where they're out of initiative. You know, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius has this initiative and and God, and it draws God near because out of his own heart, he's yearning for something in God. He's pursuing God. He's not waiting for a Holy Spirit leading, and yet we love Holy Spirit's leadings, right? But, but But Noah builds an altar, and that altar, that altar and what happened on that altar was like a soothing aroma before god and i think altars are markers they're places they're spots they're they're designated viewpoints for god to draw near and they're necessary they're necessary and i was thinking about how there's such a i want to draw i want to draw a parallel to the similitude because in our own lives, in, in, and especially in marriage, in that uh, in that we need designated spots, markers, memorials, uh, viewpoints, uh, set-asides, as it were, to keep our relationship vital, to keep our relationship vital. There, There's several things like this in the Word, not just The altar, but I want to hover on some of that this morning. But I'm thinking about us. I'm thinking about how busy life gets uh, in marriage. And we're told this is a holy romance. We can learn something out of this. Paul says, first the natural, then the spiritual. We see the parallels out of the natural realm, paralleling things in the spirit realm. And so we know that we can learn things about. The spiritual realm, by looking at the natural realm and, and this is a holy romance that we're that we're in, and I like to think of these altars, these memorials, these these holy convocations, these set aside times uh, as a part of the courtship that we have with God, the courtship that we have with our heavenly lover with Jesus, yes. I know in our our very busy world, uh, certainly in marriage, we don't have a lot of time, it seems, for some of the most important things. A silly, you know, a silly um, little statement that we say at home is, um, we got married to be together, and now that we're married... We're hardly ever together. That's sad. A bit of a sad reality. Uh, You know, you just think about how busy life gets. Uh, Life gets so crazy busy, and you're always preparing for the future, and you can prepare for the future so much that you never live in the present because you're constantly preparing for the future. And so, you know, we got married in a fever hotter than a pepper sprout. But, but ever since then, right? I mean, then we had to build a house, and then we had full-time ministry, and, and then we had to finish nursing school, and, and, and you know, then we had uh, uh, to build another house, and then we had to move a few times, and I think we moved eight times in eight years at one point. We must have got sick of that because now we've been in the same place 25 years, but something happened. that We had a backlash. Okay, we're done with that. But, you know, life gets so busy, right? Life gets so busy that what happens is what, what falls away, what goes away in a marriage relationship because it gets so busy is really the most vital part of the relationship. It's the courtship. The thing that you did nonstop before you got married goes away after you're married because you're so busy doing all the things that married people do, all the things that keep your marriage looking like a marriage, all of the things that pay bills and keep roof over the house, you know your head and keep and all of and then guess what? Pretty soon, love and marriage produces a baby carriage. So then, pretty soon, you know you've got. Chillin's coming, right? You got kids, and then you've got like fifty trips to the soccer field. That's a week or a month, you know. I mean, who knows? So you got dance lessons, you got piano lessons, you've got soccer, you've got lacrosse, you've got a zillion things, and so you've got your minivan, and you are you're literally the best friend of Chevron, Exxon, A.M.P.M., and and you're just literally burning up the highway. We had four of them. Can you imagine? And then we, uh, then we had like when you have a van that seats eight people, you can carpool everybody else's stuff too. So you got to stop and pick all them up too. And so you're so busy that what happens is it's that vital. It's the courtship that seems to fall away. So then you have to purpose to make the courtship. You you have to purpose to 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 factor it in, to put it in. If you don't purpose to get it in, how many of us have lost our, just our daily time, right? Just our daily time. So Joel and I have, you know, we've thanked the Lord for Lily, right? You might be tired of the Lily sermons, but Lily needs three walks a day. So guess who gets to walk with Lily? And dogs don't talk, so guess who does talk? Miss Joel and Mr. Dwayne, they get to talk. So, you know, this is, uh, it's, it's good stuff, you know. So, therefore, we have a fresh and a wonderful excuse to keep our evening walks up and to and to stay engaged and stay connected and stay together. Then we've pledged also, kind of a weird one, maybe for some of you, I don't know, but we've pledged to go to bed together. So, we've pledged to go to bed together, meaning that we... Whether one of us is tired or the other isn't tired, you know, we put our head on the pillows together or we lay down together and sometimes, you know, one is more tired than the other. And so that one maybe gets a little onry and says, get in here and get to bed. And then sometimes, like if I'm not so tired, you know, I'll jump out of bed after she falls asleep and go sneak off and read for a while or something. But the important part was that we were together. It's the together part that is critical. It's, it's the dates. It's the romance. It's the courtship. It's the dinners out. It's the rendezvous. It's the getting away. God wove those things, the romance, the courtship, The essence of communion and emotional intimacy. He wove all of that in our hearts that our relationships would stay alive. And if we get too busy for all of that, then our relationship begins to die. We begin to, we become roommates in the same house. Sharing bills, but not sharing life. Sharing space, sharing oxygen, sharing hardwood—whatever it is—but not sharing the essence of life. And and it's a picture of what God wants for us as well. God wants romance. God wants relationship. And we get so busy in life. We can get so caught up in life, that, and everything is so demanding that that yes, we're Christians, but what falls off? What seems to to be to to not be there so much? Maybe we came to the Lord in a fever hotter than a pepper sprout. Yeah? Doesn't John talk about this when he's stationed at the island of Patmos? He talks about hey, one of you, your church, I'm looking you over. You've lost your first love. There used to be a love within you. There used to be a fire within you. You couldn't get enough of Jesus. You couldn't get enough of Jesus. You wanted more of him. And, 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 and now you're, you're so distracted. Now you're, you're barely, uh, you're functioning still as a Christian, but yet it's those solemn times. It's, and the markers that we see in the word that are parallel to this in the mystery of this romance are markers like altars? Altars. Altars. Where there would be a, a a spot. There would be a place. There would be a designated time. There would be there would be a set-aside time. There would be something special. Something unique. There's something about making a special place. that is rich and powerful and relevant, and it draws Father near. We see this in the feast. I, I really believe that this is uh, shown us and visualized in the feast of the Lord as well. Uh, we call them the feast of the Lord. Leviticus chapter 23. God is extremely romantic, and he's probably wearing polo sport this morning. Jesus is so, I mean, Jesus is so romantic. He could have a flannel on, I don't know, but he's definitely got on purple something. But, but he, is, he is so romantic. Come on, somebody. Do you, do you, do you know that? Jesus is so romantic. You are his heavenly lover. You are his spiritual complement. You are his helpmeet. You are his other half. You are what fulfills him. You are what completes him. He is so in love with you. And Father gives us a picture of this dating, this courtship relationship in the feast. There are seven feasts, and they're outlined, first of all, in Leviticus 23. And I'm not going to go through all the feasts today, but be forewarned, something might be coming. Hello. And we're coming right up to one right now, Passover. Passover is the first of the year, and it's the first feast. And, and I want you to think of Passover this year as romance. God's calling you. God's calling you in the courtship he's calling you in the dates he loves your outreach he loves your food ministry he loves your small group he he loves even your daily devotions he loves all that but he he like wants to draw you into special convocations He wants to draw you into special solemn assemblies, special courtship times, special time. Papa Ron and, and Papa Dick, they get away every year. At the beginning of the year, they get away for a week of fasting and prayer. is that cool? Come on, it's a convocation. God wants to draw us into special convocations. Leviticus 23, the Lord said to Moses, "Announce to the people of Israel that they are to celebrate several annual festivals of the Lord, times when all of Israel will assemble and worship me. I'm reading out of the New International, I believe, I think, maybe not, maybe it's the New American. These are times in addition to your Sabbaths, the seventh day of each week, which are always days of rest in every house, times for assembling to worship and for resting from the normal busyness of the week. But these are holy, verse 4 of Leviticus 23, these are holy festivals, these are holy convocations which are to be observed each year verse 5, the Passover of the Lord. This is to be celebrated on the first day of April, beginning at sundown. Um, and it's really the first of the new moon, okay? So this translation's falling short of the glory of God as we read it. But nonetheless, and the reason we're not going to be doing this in April this year is because Easter is tied to true Passover, and it's really tied to the first moon. And and so, verse 6, then there's the festival of unleavened bread. This is to be celebrated beginning the following day, or the day following Passover, and for seven days you must not eat any bread made with yeast. On the first day of this festival, you shall gather the people for worship, and all ordinary work shall cease. You shall do the same on the seventh day of the festival. On each of the intervening days, you shall make an offering by fire to the Lord. By the way, you know where the Lord if you looked up the if you look up these offerings, which is so cool. Just do a study on offerings, do a study on altars, begin to just kind of look this over. It is so cool because this is where God showed up. We're talking about drawing God near. This is where God showed up in some of the craziest cool ways, right? I'm mean, like when we read in 1 Kings 18, where Elijah comes, because of the prophets of Baal, remember that? And Elijah comes and Ahab and Jezebel, they've assembled all of these prophets and they built this big giant altar and they call their gods and their gods don't show up, And right? And then he says, slosh some water on there and they dump buckets of water on there. He's trying to illustrate that the God of fire is not even worried about water. And then he calls for the presence of God on that altar, right? And God comes and answers by fire. This, it would, it would blow you away. This is so frequent in the Word that when an altar is built, when an altar is built, when we set ourselves apart to build a sanctified altar, or, or we see this illustrated so many times, God answers by fire. You know what that is in, our, in today's vernacular, in today's metaphor? He answers by love. He answers by love. It's the fire of love in his eyes. It's, it's the fire of glory, the fire of presence. Th- this is part of why we can come even in these gatherings with such expectancy, because if we are coming with true hearts to set aside that which is flesh, that which is natural, that which is earthy, that which is of, of unbelief or sin, and we come and bring a sacrifice of worship, then God answers by fire. God answers with the tangibility of his love in our midst. The fire of his love will burn in our midst. so passover Passover is in the old and the New Testament, actually, and it symbolizes the blood that delivers us from slavery in the Old Testament. It was blood over the doorpost in the Old Testament, it was delivery from deliverance from slavery. Uh, as they would apply the blood of a spotless lamb to the house, and with us likewise, it's its deliverance from Satan, from the curse, from sin, as we apply the blood of the spotless lamb to our house. And and what what this was? What I want you to get, because uh, I'm not preaching on Passover today. What I'm preaching on is holy convocations, set aside times. We have to be so careful we could even make our prayer life so unsanctified, so unsanctified that it that it isn't symbolic to him of a true courtship relationship so he's yearning that even our prayer life would be sanctified to such a level do you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about don't pray while you're sitting reading msnb whatever on the on the web or, you know it's not you're not praying as you're checking your stocks uh, uh, on yahoo it's it, it's, it, it's setting aside time it's getting into a, a specific a set aside Place where even your prayer life, or there's a prayer life, or a portion of your prayer life that is so sanctified to Him, it's a place where you build an altar, where you bring where you even bring the sacrifice that we see Jesus bringing in Luke 22, where he's in the garden, and what was the sacrifice that he brought? See, he really brought the sacrifice to the cross before he got to the cross because the sacrifice, the true sacrifice, was spoken when he said, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The true sacrifice that, that really... Brings pleasure and aroma to God is the sacrifice of our will, the aroma of an altar marker stones, special times when we put aside other things, courtship, dates with Jesus. These are these are literal dates with Jesus. We give full attention to him. The word for feast here in Leviticus uh, out of the Hebrew, it means appointment. God was saying to The children of Israel, I want you to have these seven appointments as you go through every year. I know you're going to get busy. I know you're going to get sidetracked. There's a lot to do. There's a lot going on. But I want you to have these special appointments with me where you come and you set everything else aside and you make me front and center because I want our love to be alive. I want relationship. I want there to be a fire between us. I want the kindling of relationship. Do we understand that? Do, do we understand that? We, th- 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 this was God saying that if we don't mark these times on the calendar, anybody married in the building? If you don't mark these times on the calendar, they probably won't happen you got to mark these appointed times on the calendar. Married people know what I'm talking about. If you don't mark these appointed times on the calendar, you'll blow right through. And what did you do that night when you should have been or that weekend when you should have been together, having that emotional intimacy and that connection and that deeper rekindling of your fellowship together? What did you do? Watch TV in separate rooms. I don't know what you did shared separate snacks. One of you walked, Lily, one of you didn't. I, I I don't know what you did, but whatever you did, you missed it. Why did you miss it? Because you missed the appointment. Jesus is a romantic. Jesus is a romantic. We, we got to be careful. We get so caught up in... In do's and don'ts, and religious systems, and legalism, and we get so caught up in in all of these perfunctory things, and that we miss the romance. We can miss the romance. Come on, say it, not me. Restore, Lord. Come on, say it. Restore, restore romance in my heart. Romance in my heart. Altars. Altars are built to commemorate something in God. They're, they're a location. They're where sacrifice is made. They're, they're a place where much sacrifice is made. Uncommon thanksgiving. Uncommon adoration. It's not the same adoration you give him in the car on the way to work fighting traffic. It's not the same adoration you give him I know I, I know we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, I know that we know the Lord, I, I know that, that we walk with the Lord, but don't don't give me that stuff that we don't need these things in our lives. Because he who was one with the Father lived this way. He had appointments with the Father that we might learn by his example. Matthew 14:23 After he had dismissed them the disciples he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray later that night he was there alone Mark 1:35 In the early morning while it was still dark Jesus got up and left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simons and his companions searched for him. Luke four forty two. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. I wonder what that one was about. Why, why would they try to... I wonder if they found him and, and he said, I'm not quite, I'm not quite done. I, hang on a second. I, I, I've got to polish off a few more things with Father. I, uh, let me just step over here a little bit further into this this garden. Let me step a little further into this spot. You ever get interrupted right in the middle of your altar? And, and you're like, nah, can we talk about that later, please? Because I, cause I, I, I'm in the midst of some romantic communication, and there, there's something going on. I feel like there's a little download happening, and I, I'd like to come back to you in just a minute. And they're constraining him. They're like, hey, hey, you ever feel pulled away? You ever feel like the world wants to pull you back? You ever get into those romantic times, and something deeper in God, and and and, and everything is vying for your attention, and 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 just. Uh, busyness starts trying to pull you back, and and you feel like saying, wait a minute. I kind of like it over here. Jesus went through some of that. Luke 5, 15, the news about him was spreading further. Large crowds were gathering to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself... Would slip away to the wilderness and pray. But Jesus would slip away and pray. There's something uh, there's something about this altar relationship. There's something about getting into a secluded place, marking a place, getting a, into a place where the noise is, is it's interesting. He would go to a place where there was no distraction. Do you take your phone into your altar? Facebook beeps while you're you're just about ready you're just about ready to get into a deeper place of romance in the spirit and there's something wonderful going on and he's just coming by wafting or wafting or wafting it's a daffy Duck, we know it's wafting. He, he, he just comes by with his polo sport on, and, and you're just catching a, a little aroma of the spirit. He's catching the aroma of your sacrifice and your worship, and, and, and he's answering by fire. That's love. And, and something rich is happening, and all at once your Facebook beeps. You're like, oh, I better check that. Really? Is that what you would do on a deep date with your spouse? Because I'm sure she would reach over and slap you if you would. Why would you do with Jesus what you know won't work in marriage? See, the altar is a special place. It's a sanctified place. It's not that you're not a believer. It's not that you're not born of the Spirit. It's not that you're not connected with this. We're not trying to say that. We're What we're seeing, though, is there's something special about marking a time, marking a spot, bringing sacrifice that is significant, worship that is set apart. And the aroma that that brings so partners with the stirring up and the kindling of this love relationship and he answers by fire. How's he answer? He answers with the fire of his love. Luke six twelve. it was at that time he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. What was that all about? Is he hard of hearing? How come you criticize yourself? How come you criticize yourself? Man, I'm not hearing a thing. Boy, I just have a hard time hearing from God. It's like I prayed for five minutes, and I I prayed for five hours. I I keep praying, and then I pressed in, and I I just... He's only picking 12 disciples. Do you think he couldn't have got that word in maybe five minutes? I mean, what was up with him? Was he that hard of hearing? Maybe if Jesus... Maybe if Jesus is so concerned about having Father's heart on a weighty decision, that we too, we too can grow from that example. And maybe it didn't all just involve petition, maybe involved in that night with Father, maybe there was romance. Maybe there was much more than petition. Could it be some of our petitions are not finding the answers that we desire? Because we aren't bringing the romance, we aren't stirring up the courtship. He's pursuing us, but we've got another wash machine to load. We've got another bill to pay. We've got later, later. Someday we'll do that. We'll do that someday. Someday we'll get to that. Someday. When I finally get this done, well, bug me later. But, uh, we'll, 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 when I finally get this done, then we'll 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 do that. We'll, we'll do that. We'll we'll have more time. We'll have more time later. I, I I promise. All the time, all the while, we're missing him. Answering by fire, the fire of love in his eyes. The fire of romance. The fire of marking us with His love. Let's stand this morning. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you. Come on, just begin to just ask the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to renew our minds right now, renew our hearts, renew romance. We invite you to renew romance within us, Lord. We welcome your... You're delivering us out of of a busyness that keeps us from divine appointments. We welcome you to rekindle our love and rekindle, revive our love. We know that you love us, but, Lord, we welcome you rekindling our love. We want our love set aside with appointments. We want courtship. Courtship, courtship, courtship. You know, church can be a divine appointment, church can be a symbol of courtship. We can make church a divine appointment. How? Because we mark it, we call it special. We set it aside. We come with a fitting sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is an acceptable form of worship. So we come just presenting ourselves, Lord, I'm yours entirely and completely. I pray the Luke 22 prayer right now. Not my will but yours be done God Lord let your richness the richness of your desires for me the richness of your calling and your purpose let it just come within me Thank you Lord Put on my polo's fort for you Lord Courtship Jesus Lordship, Jesus. Oh, what would the Lord say to you this morning as he's just talking to you? You're just hearing his voice, sensing his tug at your heart. feel like it'd just be so appropriate to open the front if you just want to come and just kneel before him and just we'll worship as we go but i just invite you let there be a romantic shift within you a romantic shift within you a romantic pursuit a shulamite pursuit after your heavenly lover Lord, we receive the grace for this. We receive right now the grace to walk with you. We want you to hold our hand. We want you to whisper in our ear. We want you to sweep us off our feet, Lord.